0: Chapter 10 of Grandpa in Oz by Ruth Plumley Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 10 Prince Forge John of Fire Island. Before Grandpa and his little company had recovered from the shock of winding down instead of up, the strange stairway gathered itself together and, with a sudden jerk, shook them all off break ranks roared the old soldier kicking out wildly with his game leg i don't want to break my ranks said bill crossly tatters and earther were too startled to say anything and for a few seconds they simply fell in surprised silence the hollow down which they were tumbling was wide and dimly lighted with a soft spooky glow The air was thick and heavy, and they were falling much slower than Grandpa and Tatters had fallen down the hollow tree. First fell Ertha, her flowery skirts fluttering gracefully around her. Then fell Tatters, clinging to Bill with one arm and his red umbrella with the other. Then the old soldier, his gun, drum, sword, and knapsack rattling like a box full of marbles. "'I feel exactly like a butterfly!' Are we flying, dear Mr. Soldier?" laughed the flower maiden presently. No, my poor child, puffed Grandpa, staring down at her anxiously. We're falling. Falling asleep? asked Ertha contentedly. Uh, Depends on how we land, groaned the old soldier, and suddenly remembering his last landing he snatched the wizard's medicine bottle from his pocket. "'Is there anything on the label about falling?' panted Tatters, who was close enough to notice the old soldier's action. Grandpa held the bottle close to his eyes, and though reading while falling is one of the hardest things I know of to do, after a deal of squinting the old soldier read out the following. "'For falling hares one drop in full glass of water.' "'But we're not hares.' wheezed Bill indignantly. "'And if our hair stopped falling and we fell on, we'd be scalped,' puffed Grandpa hoarsely. "Uh, "'Besides, there isn't any water, so there's nothing to do but fall.' "'Stormy weather, stormy weather,' predicted Bill gloomily. "'Look out below, look out, look out, look out!' As the weathercock came to his last lookout— The air grew suddenly lighter, the speed of the four fallers increased, and next thing, with a great splash and splutter, they had plunged into a deep underground lake. Blowing like a porpoise, Grandpa rose to the surface. (laughs) "'One drop in water!' choked the old soldier, and, treading water furiously, he began to look around for his little army. In the dim green light, he could see Ertha floating like a tiny island of flowers on the top of the water, her fine spray of hair spread out round her lovely little face. A short distance away, Tatters was making frantic efforts to keep afloat, but with the iron weathercock and the enormous umbrella, it was difficult business, and every few minutes the poor Prince of Ragbad would disappear under the waves. Grandpa himself handicapped as he was by a game leg and so many weapons, found swimming a dreadful exertion, and by the time he reached Tatters he was completely exhausted. He still grasped the wizard's bottle in one hand. Wet, very wet! The head of Bill appeared above the water and then went under as Tatters took another dive toward the bottom. "'Grandpa, I'm drowning!' gulped the poor prince, reappearing for a second on the surface. It never occurred to the prince to drop Bill or his father's umbrella. Grandpa himself had shipped so much water he had no breath to speak. But he flung his hand out desperately toward the prince, and as luck would have it, it was the hand holding the wizard's medicine. "'Don't drown!' begged Grandpa, his eyes fixed desperately on the green label. Wait, there's a cure for it. Treading water again, he clutched Tatters by the hair and pressed the bottle to his lips. One swallow and you'll swim like a fish, promised Grandpa. My head's swimming already, muttered Tatters weakly. It was all the prince could do to get the stuff down for he had swallowed quarts of the lake already. Grandpa was so interested in watching the effects of the dose that he forgot to move his feet and went down himself. But just as the water closed over his head, he put the wizard's bottle to his own lips, took a hasty mouthful, and jammed in the cork. Immediately he bobbed to the surface and with a great sigh of relief saw tatters floating on top of the waves. Bill perched precariously upon his chest. Grandpa felt as buoyant as a cork, and, using his gun as an oar, steered toward Tatters and Ertha, and soon all three were bobbing along side by side. "'This medicine's the only good thing that wizard ever invented,' said Grandpa, sticking the bottle through his belt. "'Feeling better, old boy?' Tatters shook his head feebly. He could not help thinking how far out of their way they had fallen, and how very far they were from the Emerald City, and even from Ragbad itself. He blinked hastily at the thought of Mrs. So-and-so and the cozy red castle on the hill, and he hoped Pudge had remembered to feed his pigeons. Tatters himself never expected to see them again. Only Eartha seemed really to be enjoying the adventure. Her little flower face was wreathed in smiles, and her lovely flower frock fairly sparkled with freshness. "'Isn't this fun?' she kept repeating merrily. "'Isn't this fun?' Grandpa nodded, but not very enthusiastically. "'Do you think we'll ever get back on top again?' asked Tatters gloomily. "'Of course,' spluttered Grandpa. We've fallen down about as far as we can fall, and from now on things will take an upward turn, you see. Hello, this water's kind of hot. Great swordfish, what's that noise? The fortune, the fortune, shrieked Bill, jumping up and down upon Tatter's thin chest and ducking the prince at every jump. The fortune! With a great effort, Grandpa sat up in the water, which was already beginning to steam, and then fell backward with a terrific splash. Halt! commanded Grandpa, trying to push against the current with his sword. Stop! Halt! A great roaring was in their ears, and the green light had changed to a red-hot glow. Now Tatter sat up. Then he, too, began to kick wildly about in an effort to stop himself. And no wonder! They were being carried straight toward a roaring red island of fire. "'The Fortune! The Fortune!' shrieked Bill, more excited than ever. "'Fortune!' groaned Grandpa, reaching out to catch Ertha, who was floating rapidly past. "'Misfortune! Halt! Stop! Everybody back!' "'Better stop backing and look on that bottle,' gulped the Prince of Ragbad. Uh, "'Better see if there's any cure for—for this.' He waved desperately ahead, and Grandpa, with a little choke of fright, pulled out the wizard's medicine. "'Burns, skulls, and heat-strokes,' faltered Grandpa. "'Well, we'd better take the cure for all three. A teaspoonful was prescribed in each case.' And with trembling hands the old soldier measured out the doses. Bill could not swallow, so the old soldier dashed the medicine over his head. I think you're a fairy, puffed Grandpa, throwing a doze in the face of the surprised little flower girl. But if anything should happen I'd never forgive myself. Tatters came next, and by this time the water was so hot that Grandpa himself began to groan with discomfort. So he hastily swallowed his three spoonfuls, corked the bottle, and prepared for the worst. But immediately everything grew better. The waves of heat from the island seemed only pleasant breezes now, and the steaming water did not even feel hot. Before they had time to wonder at all this they were washed up on the burning sands of Fire Island itself. Is it the fortune? asked Bill, hopping out of Tatters' arms. "'You said land or gold, and this is a golden land.' Grandpa was too dazed to answer. Finding himself completely fireproof was strange enough. But actually walking on an island of fire seemed unbelievable." "'Wonder what Pudge would say to this?' mused Grandpa, as Tatters rushed over to his side. Eartha was already dancing about on the glowing sands as happily as she had danced in the wizard's garden. "'Here come the firemen!' cried Prince Tatters, and rather anxiously the old soldier turned to meet the islanders. The people of Fire Island were as interesting and unusual as their island, being entirely of red and blue flames, and so light on their feet they fairly flashed about over the glowing rocks." "'Shall I fall on their heads?' inquired Bill. "'Is it a fight?' "'No,' answered Grandpa, squinting a bit from the glare. "'I believe they're friendly.' And the old soldier was right. For as the Fire Islanders came nearer, they waved their arms gaily and seemed delighted with the unusual appearance of their visitors. A little ahead of the others strode a tall man who was made entirely of glowing red-hot iron." Except for this fact he might have been any village blacksmith, and his face was so round and jolly that Tatters immediately took heart. Prince Forge John I called two small flame pages as the fire monarch reached the party on the beach. Prince Forge John bowed, Grandpa saluted, Bill crowed and Ertha, breaking off a flower spray from her skirts, held it out prettily to the ruler of Fire Island. "'What a charming little fairy!' cried Prince Forge John, in his hot, crackly voice. "'And you!' he turned, pleased eyes, upon Grandpa and Tatters. "'How brave you look! and it!' with a wave at the weathercock. "'How beautiful it is, all of splendid iron!' "'Thanks,' crowed Bill. "'I'm useful, too. If you will tell me where to find the head, the princess, and the fortune, I'll tell you which way the wind blows.' "'Head? Fortune? Princess?' finished Bill, as if he were repeating a lesson. Prince Forge John looked so confused at this speech that Grandpa stepped forward and hastily explained all that had happened since King Fumbo had lost his head, ending up with the wizard's garden the discovery of Eartha, and their fortunate use of Gorba's medicine. “Hmm, mused Prince Forge John, rubbing his orange chin. "'So you're seeking the head of this lad's father, and the lad himself seeks a fortune and a princess?' "'Well, I have not seen the king's head.' "'But the prince may stay here with us, marry one of our fire maidens, "'and make a fortune in fireworks. "'There's many a fortune being snatched from the fire. "'How would you like that, my boy?' "'Yes, do stay and marry me,' cried one of the little flame maidens, "'running impulsively up to the prince. "'You are so odd, and you look so interesting.' "'Tatters looked terribly embarrassed.' For he was fearful that the maiden would scorch his nose. I, uh, I must find my father's head first, stuttered the prince, backing away uneasily. And if your Majesty could tell us of a way back to Oz, Tatters bowed again and looked appealingly at Grandpa. Well, uh, you might go up in smoke," suggested Prince Forge John slowly. "'I think myself that this wizard's medicine will wear off presently, "'and then you'll all burn up.' "'Oh!' groaned the old soldier, snatching out his handkerchief. "'Why do you think such terrible thoughts?' "'Would it hurt?' breathed Ertha, who hated to see anyone unhappy. "'Is there no fire escape?' choked Tatters with bulging eyes. "'Prince Forge John shook his head.' "'I'd like to help you,' he murmured gravely. "'But you are so strangely made, I don't see how I can. Better just stay on here. Burning's not so bad, and I think you'd burn a long time.' Several of the Fire Islanders nodded as the prince said this, but Grandpa and Tatters could find no consolation in such a prospect. "'Oh, and marching north seems so easy!' wailed poor Tatters, leaning heavily on his red umbrella. Oh, "'Never mind,' sighed the old soldier. "'I'll think of something else. Let's jump back in the water,' he proposed brightly. "'But if the medicine wears off, barling would be just as bad as burning,' objected Tatters with a little shudder. "'That's so,' admitted Grandpa. "'It seems, my boy, that every cup of soup has at least one fly.' "'There's a fly on your nose!' screeched Bill, hopping up and down. And so there was. A saucy little firefly. There were fireflies everywhere, darting here and there among the fireflowers and over the fields of waving fireweeds. "'Better stay,' repeated Prince Forge John hospitably. "'Anyway, let us show you a bit of the island.' Grandpa nodded for he did not know what else to do, and so he and the others followed sadly after the prince and his cortege. There were no houses on Fire Island, but each flame family had its own open fireplace, between stretched meadows of clear blue flame and many beautiful gardens, where, from flowering beds of red-hot coals, lovely fire-flowers arose. The stems were of green flame, the tops of yellow, blue, and red. The prince picked a bouquet of these strange posies for Eartha, and, to Grandpa's surprise, the fire-flowers neither burned the little flower-girl nor went out in her hands. If it had not been for the dreadful thought of burning up that hung over them, the old soldier and tatters might have enjoyed their trip across the island. But, as it was, they got little pleasure from it. Even Prince Forge John's fireworks, where all the hearth-fires and kitchen-fires are manufactured and the Fourth of July Roman candles and sparklers are made, aroused in them no enthusiasm. When they reached the other side of the island the Prince offered each member of the party a box of firecrackers for refreshments. And this made Grandpa smile in spite of his worry. No use setting ourselves off before our time, chuckled the old soldier, handing them back with a bow. The prince looked a little hurt, but he and the rest of his company ate up their firecrackers with relish. And after Prince Forge John had finished his sixteenth box, he had a sudden idea. I've thought of a way to save you, cried Prince Forge John, fairly crackling with pleasure. "'You can just go to Blazes.' "'What?' shouted Grandpa, who, being in the army, thought he was insulted. "'Yes,' repeated Forge John calmly. "'You must go to Blazes. See that dark house across the waters there? Well, you'll find him on the other side of that.' Grandpa shaded his eyes, and, looking across the green, sulfurous waters surrounding Fire Island, made out a great tower of darkness. It was quite easy to see, for every other place was lighted with the ruddy glow from the island. Fetch the boat, ordered the prince briskly, and, while Grandpa and Tatters were still gazing in stupefaction at the tower, several of the firemen began shoving an iron boat down the beach. Unceremoniously, Forge John took them by the arms and helped them in. To tell the truth, he was growing sleepy and anxious to be rid of these singular visitors. Oh, the Flower Fairy may stay, he yawned graciously, but Ertha had no such intentions. Gently disengaging herself from a group of the Fire Maidens, she ran after the boat and sprang lightly in beside Tatters. "'What do you mean? Where are we going?' "'Hold on there,' blustered the old soldier. But Prince Forge John merely waved his firm arms, and the two firemen began to row away as fast as they could. good called the prince, with another yawn. "'I'm sorry you couldn't stay and burn with us.' "'We're going to blazes, to blazes, to blazes,' crowed Bill, who had flown up into the bow of the boat. "'That's right,' crackled the flame man nearest to Tatters. "'He'll soon send you up.' "'But uh, who who is Blazes?' asked the Prince of Ragbad, "'stretching out both hands imploringly. "'The Keeper of the Volcano,' answered the second rower, "'looking at Tatters intently. "'Lightning, thunder, hot winds, and earthquakes,' "'crowed the weathercock wildly.' Grandpa flopped hopelessly into the bottom of the boat. End of Chapter 10